Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe at that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. While you're at it, give us a little five-star review. Much appreciated. You can also show your support by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast for your support and get some homebrew from the guys and get some exclusive content on the patreon page as always my name is gavin i've got my usual drinking buddies i've got calm i've got scotty and i've got md good evening oh, oh. evening fellas and tonight we're joined by james uh, from hop the pond distribution how you doing mate doing all right mate how about you guys yeah we're we are good winning looking totally. forward to this one we're totally buzzing this one that's for sure we well, are that's we the are. way it should be we're yeah. literally crossing the pond and we're going to dive into the world of American beers, more specifically Texas beers. Uh, we'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table and see what we're drinking to start off this fine evening. Oh, go on then, D. I'm starting early because I think if I, was la- quick. I, if I was last <laughs> on this, I might be, it might be gone. So uh, I have um, opened... Uh, necessary Evils um, from the Manhattan uh, Project Beer Company uh, based in Dallas, Texas. I'm not going to try a, a, a Dallas accent or anything like that to go with that, but um, this is the... <laughs> because James, James may get offended <laughs> with that quite quickly. No, no, so. I'm ready. No, no, I, I no, can't no, no. be offended. No, I'll, no. I'll do an English accent later if you'll do a Texas accent now. I'm not doing the Scottish one. No way. Yeah. <laughs> history there. I'm sorry. It's just not. It can't be done. Yeah. So, this is uh, the 5.3% uh, Pilsner. Uh, sort of spoke about it before we uh, started recording, I suppose. But my days, how sessionable uh, this is. Uh, you can see, uh, or you guys will see anyway, but it's, it is quite a dark colour for uh, Pilsner, but it's clear as day. It's holding um, a really good head uh, retention on it, and it is crisp, floral. It has a slight dryness to the back end of it that kind of makes it moorish that you want to kind of come back and back and back. And as I said, uh, it's definitely not going to last uh, very long. For me, like it's it has that like traditional sort of pills sort of feel it kind of coats your tongue there is a bit of mouthfeel to it and even though like it is really clean and crisp it sort of lingers on your tongue so it does sort of like it just it, it, it is so moorish is the best way to put it um the the kind of the the kind of the hoppy floralness that comes through just makes it like super super smashable and it 5.3% it is a podcast session will be that's for sure and I've got to admit it's, it's, it's delicious mate it's really delicious yeah so the, those guys uh, so so um, Misty uh, is is the wife and she has a master's in graphic design and then Carl uh, has a master's in the husband has a master's in brewing and so their cans are fucking gorgeous and then what's inside of it which is very rare you get one or the other right it's either really shitty artwork and really good beer or it's the other way around <laughs> but they they nailed that shit on both sides uh that beer in particular uh came out uh, right around the time right after the time lager and pills and revolution kicked off in the states uh, where brewers started to like think to themselves well i can't have a dock beer or like a you know a shift beer 
uh, and it be a 10% or an 8%, you know, whatever that is every time it's, it's, it's really, you know, ruining my life type of thing. And so they started making beers that they wanted to drink instead of having to drink, you know, PBRs or Budweiser's or whatever. And so, um, so they didn't want to make one because they didn't like drinking them. And so they made that for people that don't like lagers. Uh, and so that's why they've added that, like you said earlier, the, the, the florality, the, the botanicals. So they've added hops, but they've not added, they're not allowed the bitterness to come through except for in the cleanliness of it and, and just the crispness and the way that it just disappears at the back end. Like once you swallow, it's like, what did I just drink? And, that, and when he's saying Moorish, it's because you just want to remember how good it was about 20 seconds before. That's a really, it's really good, good. That's a really good way to put it. As, a, as sort of, it's like unforgettably forgettable. <laughs> like it's a, it tastes so tasty, but like you say, it goes down and you think, like, like I'm thinking to myself, where, where has this beer gone? Basically, right. I've got probably two mouthfuls left in it and I'm thinking, where has it gone? Where where has it gone? What did it taste like? But tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the best way to make a beer. You want more and more and more. Right. Exactly. Uh, Gilroy, what you got, mate? I decided to go uh, take Callum's lead when he mentioned uh, he was having the plutonium. So I decided to stick same brewery. So uh, Manhattan Project Beer Co. This one's the Coconut Porter. I'm going to have a bash at tasting notes. Um, Wackagen explains that it's going to be quite light on the, the not as heavy, I suppose, is the best way to describe it, as you would expect a coconut porter to be. Um, it's 6.2%, so packs a, a decent bit of heft. Probably still in the Texas session bracket, I would say, <laughs> just, yeah, just sure. in that area where we like to be yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But it, it is, I would say, refreshing probably is the wrong word, but it is easy drinking to yeah. the point of... Um, in terms of it wouldn't matter what temperature it was, obviously Texas is that that part of the world where it can get pretty damn hot, I'd imagine, at times. Um, yes. And uh, <laughs> this is perfect. And it just is great. Chocolate, steak, the whole works, all the tasting notes and everything are bang on. And I could yeah. drink this for days and days. My dad would be, this is a, a, a beer my dad would get at a tap room and just have forever. He's a big porter and stouts guy and this would yeah. be right up his alley and it's right up mine as well. It's perfect. Really, really yeah. good. Do you, uh, how much of the coconut do you taste there? Not as much at the moment because it's no longer at the fridge, but it, you can feel it. it you, you can yeah. feel it coming. It'll, it'll come yeah. as, as it warms up. Um, yeah. And coconut, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it can be, I've seen it at times, become kind of that chocolate flavor as well, become quite kind of claggy almost, almost like yeah. you're, you're eating it as opposed to drinking it. And this doesn't right. have that. It, it's yeah. really, really well executed. Um, yeah. as Callum and I have said and, and Mark as well have said before adjuncts done properly um, the coconut yeah. lines the flavor but it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to detract at all it's great yeah yeah so they they uh, they house toasted the coconut uh, and then they added just enough so the so this is a very like a robust but it's at a very uh, true to style American porter right so it's it's not it's not trying to be anything, you know, uh, international or anything mm -hmm. traditional. This is this is a what an you know six percent American porter typically comes through as. Obviously, this is a really stellar version of it, uh, very malty. But the 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 IBU is also forty, um, yeah. and so he's he uh, he's really cut. Um, well, it's it's um, Carl and Jeremy. Jeremy is also one of the owners, and he's uh, 
uh, the head brewer, uh, Carl, is um, is the executive brewer or something like that. Anyway, you, we all know how the titles can go, but they're both very talented. Uh, and they have put just enough coconut so that you taste it on the front end. And then by by the back end, it's just the dark chocolate. And the but the bitterness doesn't come through as bitterness. It just comes through as as like you said, refreshing. It just drops off. It's it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's very it's it's almost a clean finish. It's just yeah, um, it's crispy in the least possible crispy way. Yeah, um, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's like toasted it's as opposed to you, the English style porter has that kind of bitterness sometimes to the point of like burnt toast, charcoal, it's, it's like well-fired everything, whereas this is Right, kinda, right, because of the English malts, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, a more a toasty flavour, I would say, than a, a, a kind of charcoaly burnt toast flavour. It's it yeah, really right. subtle that- in that way, but helps yeah, the light. The light roasted flavour kind of—it's not what you expect because it's proper black when it comes out of the can. So mm-hmm. you know, I was—I was expecting, you know, really de- deep butter, you know, chocolatey flavours. Um, yeah. But but that but it, it's really quite subtle. Um, yeah. For me, it's really quite subtle, and like, as you say, the coconut—it's it's just like a whisper. The coconut, you know, it doesn't—it doesn't overpower at all, and it, and it kind of yeah. it makes it it makes it you know, even less like a dessert, which, which, you know, a porter should never really be for me anyway, you know, whenever, whenever, whenever it's a porter, it it shouldn't be like a dessert in a can, you know, so so there's no, there's no sweetening, there's no sweetening in it, you know, there's no lactose, there's no chocolate, there's no, you know, all the, all the, all the chocolate flavors. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. All the chocolate flavors that you're getting are just the skill of the the, the brewers and the way that they're mixing the malts together. Um, And as you say, it, it, it feels really light and refreshing to drink. You know, yeah. and I and I think that's that's a mark of a good porter because I think porters can be and are often refreshing drinks. You know, yeah. you don't need you don't need to be drinking a pilsner to quench that thirst. You know, I, I, right. dark beers can dark beers can do that as well, and this one does it really well. I'm I'm, I'm really chuffed with it, and it's as you see, six point two percent. It's it's kind of it, it hides that pretty well. So you can say scary. That's all right. Yeah, scary. <laughs> scary is a good word for it. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, myself, I am starting off the evening on Yazer yeah, um, from the Community Beer Company. Um, it's a pale ale sitting at 5.2%. Um, perfect way to start off the podcast. Um, got Eureka Hops, Lemon Drop, and Citra in there. Um, lovely floral. The, the first things I wrote down were floral, sweet, and piney. Um, that's the, the first things I'm getting from this beer. There's a nice. There's a, a lovely kind of weird, creamy, I don't want to say boiled sweet kind of flavour that comes through, but there's a nice creaminess that I wasn't expecting from a pale um, of this style to have, um, which kind of took me off. I don't know if that's either the Eureka or the Lemon Drop that I'm, I'm kind of getting through in the beer, but it's lovely and lovely. So off on the back end, there's a, a kind of slight bit of bitterness, which is... It's perfect for this style of beer that just finishes the beer and rounds the beer off perfectly. It makes you go back for another can or another pint of the beer. And um, for me, this is just a perfect start starting beer for a podcast. And I love that. I love the end bit on the can where it just says, "When you need another beer, just holler, yes sir, fucking yes sir." <laughs> yes sir, I'll have that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, those guys. Uh, community uh, is also in Dallas, and they are the. Uh, third largest craft brewery in Texas, uh, and which is very like illustrative of, of kind of the the state of craft beer in Texas. But we'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. But 
um, uh, that, that beer is very, the, the thing that I notice every time is when you open it, it's just this, like, just the aroma just yeah. hits you just straight hops. It's like, man, how do they get that into like a 5.2% yeah. beer? Uh, but, but you're right. It is, it's creamy, but it, it's, it's not creamy like in a lactose way. It's not no. creamy in like a, like a cloying way. It's, it's yeah. like, it's still super, super, uh, clean, refreshing, light, uh, but there's so much flavor in it. It just hits you right in the middle of the palate and then it goes away, you spot know, to bitterness. Yeah, it's yeah. spot on. It's exactly that. <laughs> the best. You just described what I've just literally just drank, what, what's happened to my tongue there. Um, and it's weird. Like you said, the creaminess is just odd and it's not yeah. odd in a bad way. Um, it just it takes you through a nice little journey, the beer, and that creaminess just goes, hey, how you doing? Right in the middle. And then just like yeah. you said, goes, have a little bit of bitterness. And then, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Loving it. Good. Absolutely loving it. Um, like we said, we've got James from Hop the Pond joining us on the podcast this evening. We are thoroughly excited to, to kind of go through some of the beers and have a chat with you. Uh, the first thing we should really talk about is what is Hop the Pond and how how did you start it and why did you start it? Yeah, so um, Hop the Pond uh, in just as few words as I can possibly say, and you guys know, like I've known me for, well, you've known me, you guys, you two have known me for a little bit. The rest of you guys have just met me and you all know that I can talk. So um, <laughs> I have a lot of words for all, all things. Um, for every word, I've got four. Um, but uh, so Hop the Pond is literally just um, uh, an, like an exporter from Texas, an importer into the UK of uh, Texas independent beer. Um, and uh, we, we, we exist to champion these these breweries that um, that haven't had a chance to be kind of celebrated on the on the world stage uh, because um, because kind of what I was alluding to earlier um, uh, tech, the the Texas beer scene is good and it's difficult in the same way uh, so community the third largest craft brewery in Texas they just expanded uh, to a beautiful destination destination brewery uh, at some point we'll all have to go and I'll you know I'll, I'll show off how great they are uh, but um, they just expanded to 40,000 hectoliters a year. Um, and so uh, that is a lot of beer. Um, it takes about 120,000 hectoliters to permeate Texas in a responsible business way in order to even get to Oklahoma. Um, it's so fucking big. And so like they can't make enough beer. So they make 40,000 and they got, they finally made it to El Paso. And then it's like, well, but what about Amarillo? What about, <laughs> what about flipping? What about Laredo? Like, and so there's too many things there to, to solve, right. To too many things, too many people to get beer to there. Um, then, you know, to be able to say, we'll justify sending out even a thousand hectoliters somewhere else. Yeah. So, um, so I basically just go to these guys um, and uh, and say to them, you know, I'd I'd like to take twenty five hectoliters across all of your core skews. So, give me a give me a combination of twenty five hectoliters, just whichever of your liquid works with your production schedule and you feel good about sending. Um, and uh, and so we work together on on you know stock lists and all of that, and 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 we come down to what we think will work. And then they fill up, they fill up the kegs and I pick them up, uh, in a, in a, in a reefer truck from the brewery bay, uh, drop them off, not drop them off, what, what do I even mean, uh, cross dock them, uh, to, you know, in, into, uh, our 40 foot reefer container, 
uh, in Dallas, and then that gets sent down to Houston, uh, then gets floated over uh, to London, uh, re like cold chain the entire way, um, lands in the Port of London, and then um, you know we've we've got bulk store in Somerset, and then we've got last mile storage in uh, all cold, obviously, and uh, here in Hackney Wick, and um, and then yeah, we we cold deliver uh, everywhere we go because temperature is one of the three biggest enemies yeah. of beer. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what hop the pond is the reason I started it. Uh, so I, uh, some friends of mine, um, and I, uh, used to run music festivals in, in the very early 2010s, uh, 2010, 2011. And, uh, we, we noticed that even at our festivals, like all of the festivals that we threw that had phenomenal fucking music, um, you know, Death Cab for Cutie and um, uh, I mean, all, all of the early 2000s, uh, 2010 shit, right? So, uh, but Flaming Lips and Dr. Dog and, uh, you know, RZA and all these things. Um, the only people, the only people that had enough money to sponsor it to make it worth making us money was, was big beer. So you had shitty ass beer while you're listening to great music or you go to a beer <laughs> festival, which was like, hey, we got 40 breweries and this is great. I love this. And it was just a bunch of people from from, you know, central Texas wearing lederhose and trying to be as German as possible playing their accordion. <laughs> and it's like, this isn't good, guys. Uh, this isn't great. So, so we thought we thought, why not have world class music and world class beer? Uh, and nobody was doing it at the time. And so uh, it, it became it was called Untapped Festival, uh, not the app. Uh, we actually spelled it correctly. There's an E in there. Um, and uh, I'm not bitter or anything. But um, anyway, so uh, we started that in 2012. Our, our, our first one was 2013 in Dallas. And uh, we grew up to five cities and uh, ended up being the largest uh, craft, brewer, craft beer festival in the country uh, for a couple of years. Uh, bigger than GABF, CBC, all these things. And so, um, so when we started that I was in there for the music. So like I had already been booking music. I was a junior talent buyer. So like I was there to like, th th that was the only reason I came in. I was passionate about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I told my friends I hated beer. Um, Cause I did. Uh, I, uh, I've lived a weird life. I didn't drink beer till I was, I didn't drink any alcohol until I was 29. So that was when I was 32, I think is when we started that. So at that point I had moved from nothing to, to single malt scotch uh, neat. Cause Taste. that's how I <laughs> fucking do. All right. There's no stair stepping. I'm just going to go full on but, uh, uh, <laughs> fell in love with, you know, Sherry barrel and, you know, Dalmore 12 and all this shit, uh, different podcasts for a different day. Um, but, uh, so, uh, started that. And then, then my job became, um, because a lot of people, my job became, um, to go and live in the market for six weeks beforehand in an Airbnb. Uh, we didn't want to be the festival that showed up in a city for a day, took their money and then left right for the next day, yeah. 64 or five days, whatever. And so I, I, you know, I went in and I would live there. I, I would, I would sit, um, you know, and, and drink beer with the locals. I would pull bungholes with brewers at, at three o'clock in the morning, taste their horrible adjunct stout because they, that was the first one they ever made and they were super proud of it. And even they thought it was shit. Um, you know, but like they were all learning. It was 2012, 2013 at that point. Right. So, um, so, uh, yeah, right at kind of the beginning, the cresting of especially craft beer in Texas. And so, we were all learning together. And so I, I like, you know, I got to know these people and I fell in love with the people. Uh, I started going to their kids' birthday parties and shit. Right. And so like I came to beer through people. Um, and so for me, that's why I all, like, I've always got a story about every fucking beer. I mean, I was standing at Brew London. There's a story in every fucking glass because 
the person that made that spent eight hours, 10 hours away from their kid to do that. Right. Like yep. they, they spent uh, more than that. Probably they, they spent how many, how many months studying to become a brewer away from their family. Right. So like uh, what they poured into that is fucking incredible. Uh, and it needs to be celebrated and told. And so, um, so for me, I fell in love with beer. I mean, I literally went from single malt scotch to 19% uncle Jacob's stout, uh, from, from Avery, which by the way is world-class and you guys need to try it. They're now owned by San Miguel. Uh, and I will say now fuck big beer. Uh, Avery (laughs) was the only, uh, was, was my first heartbreaking brewery buyout where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like out of anyone, are you kidding me? Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, went, went there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then went to 16 and a half percent rumkin, which is a rum barrel aged pumpkin stout. Fuck me. Um, and then rumkin, I mean, I'm just saying it's really good. Uh, and then, uh, and then went down to scotch ales and then I hated IPAs and got a whole story about why I love IPAs now, but Anyway, um, all that to say, uh, I fell in love with the people that make beer and therefore fell in love with beer. And so uh, we sold a festival in 2017, um, not to Big Beer, damn it. Uh, And then then went to uh, like started doing social media, started doing um, uh, marketing um, PR for for breweries. I did not like that as much because I wasn't dealing with the people that make it and people that do it nearly as much. And so... um, my wife owns a uh, maker's market, the largest maker's market in Texas uh, called the Boho Market. So I started helping her with that full time. And then about uh, two years into that, I was just like, it's, it's fucking time mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, I've been dreaming about this for a while because uh, I lived in Middlesbrough for, for quite a while um, when I was younger. Fell in love with fucking England. I uh, was already obsessed with it, but fell in love with it while I was there and thought, hey, I love Texas beer. I love England why the fuck wouldn't we do this shit? Like, yeah. you know, let's, I mean, let's that's sometimes, that's sometimes the thing that people forget about, about beer and when people are, when they love craft beer and their balls deep in craft beer and they're, they're going to the, all these festivals and all these tap rooms, like they forget the people behind the beer and they forget there's, there is a story behind every single beer. As much yeah. as you hate or, or love the beer, there's always a story behind it. And I think, yeah. I, like you said, that's the one bit that people just always forget. Like you mentioned that and I'm like, oh, I didn't like that beer, I didn't like that beer. But then the, there's somebody in the background grinding their ass off to make that beer. And that might be for them, that might be their masterpiece and God love yeah. them. Um, yeah. But aye, the, you forget it sometimes. You do, you do. And, and but the story, and, and you know, uh, I guess to, to, to kind of push on the other side too, the story can't be the only quality thing about the liquid, no. right? Um, you can appreciate the person that made it and still tell them this isn't good, yep. uh, which I've done too many <laughs> times. Um, but you, you can't, uh, you know, that's where like the internet trolls where fucking untapped can I, like, can I just say is the bane of every brewer's existence, every pub owner's yeah, yeah. existence, every beer buyer's existence, every distributor's existence. Like it is, it's 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 reviews that are like um don't really like sours 1.2 and it's like why the fuck okay look i love that you're trying something different please do that and please check into the beer but you know they give you the option to not rate it right because like you as a sour hater should not rate a sour because that shouldn't implement like you know uh, uh some sort of standard on that beer and so 
Hey man, it's true. We've, just... we've had we've had breweries on we've had breweries on the podcast who have rebranded and who have yep. changed who've changed the the breweries' names to because because, because, of, untapped. because untapped. of untapped and because you know they were learning and starting out and naturally you know when when brew you know you can't smash it out of the park. You know very right. few breweries smash it out of the park from the first to the last. Yeah. So Nine you know, three, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but but but, but by, and, by and large, it's a learning yeah. curve, and and you know, untapped can just follow you around like a bad smell for so long. It absolutely can for for literally the entirety of the existence of a brewery, and and the thing too is like so like I have a personal rule: I never judge a brewery in the first year of its existence, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I don't I don't judge that brewery because if it's super fucking good. Okay, that's great. Do like 17 more of those. And mm-hmm. I will say that you're a super fucking good brewery. Also, if it's super fucking bad, do like 17 more of those. And I will say I will say that you're a super fucking bad brewery. I'm not gonna say that to your face. I'm not gonna, I mean I probably will in private, yeah. but like <laughs> I'm not going to like publicly announce that. But like you can't judge a brewery on the first year of their existence. It it's even if even if that brewer came from fucking the best brewery the world's ever fucking seen. So like, let's say you want to start a farmhouse or like a, like, like, like a wild ale brewery. And somehow you have lured away Jeffrey's head brewer at, at Jester King, right? Like you've, you, you got him. Now we're doing this. Well, now he's got a brew in a completely different environment on a completely different system. He's got a brew with completely different pH of water, at least in Texas, we've got five different fucking in, uh, 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 like, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, ecosystems. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we the Great Plains. We've got fucking mountains. We've got we, we've got the the hill country uh, where, where they make great wine. Um, by the way, I don't like wine, but it's good stuff there. Um, <laughs> and also the only place we can grow any sort of hops in Texas. Um, Do you know, you know, you're going to be doing wine distribution next because you said you didn't, <laughs> you didn't like alcohol. You were on whiskey. You didn't like booze, or beer. You're distributing beer, so you don't like wine. You're going to be distributing wine. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like IPAs. My favorite style now is West Coast. So yeah, that's, <laughs> you're right. I'm on. I'm on a roll. So, so no. The uh, the the thing like the thing about it is like it, it takes so much adjustment. I mean, it, it's you can't you can't expect. I mean, when you let's let's look at let's look at sport, right? So I'm a, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Uh, sorry if that offends anyone, but, um, when we get a new player in, like we have to give him some time. He's in a new club. He's in a new city. Uh, he's playing a new style. I mean, there's just so many things to learn. And so, uh, when you started a brewery, it's, it's just, uh, you need more grace than people are willing to give these days. Uh, and that's a really frustrating dynamic to me because, uh, really good brewers that have the potential to be really fucking good can be driven into the ground and driven out of the industry by people that don't understand how difficult what they yep. do is and how, what they're giving up to do it. It's, sort um, of the, it's the recency bias part of it. The fact that there's so many, there's so much competition uh, that as a consumer, if you try something and you don't like it for whatever reason, if it's, if it is rubbish or if, just that you don't like sours and you've bought a sour or all that shit. But the fact that there's so much out there that as a consumer, there is like very little like loyalty to stick with if it's your local brewery or whatever, because you can say, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to go to the town over and there's three other breweries and you can 
write your shit on untapped and not feel for the the poor man or woman that's slaved, like you say, 10, 12 hours from brewing to racking to bottling to kegging to whatever the heck it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just think the whole the whole idea of rating beer, you know, uh, scoring breweries is just, it's ridiculous because, you know. I, I love it, mate. I've got to admit, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I like, I love, but like, I think you've got to be honest. I think you've got to be honest with it. Um, because... no, but yeah, no, I, t- I totally appreciate honesty and I totally appreciate, you know, you know, this is our, pro- this is our platform. You know, if I open up a beer and it's shit, I'm going to say it's shit in my opinion. But that's not to say that if Gav drinks the same beer or if James drinks the same no, beer, they might like it. So it's unfair for a brewery to be tainted and tarnished by a couple of people's opinions on something that's completely subjective. You but know, then, it's like you know, I, I don't, I don't like the color blue. So everything blue is fucking shit, and anybody that makes anything that's blue deserves to fail and you know not have a success. Whereas you like blue, and that's just stupid. I, you yeah. know, I, I don't get it at all, man. That's the, you would hope that would be that's the extremes. So totally. you would want somebody who has a has a half a clue and stays within their wheelhouse and and does things objectively so that you can get an idea mm-hmm. of whether X place would be a good place to go to. It's been open three yeah. years. It's got a tap room. I'm only going to be there for a weekend. I need subjective data. To be able yeah. to tell me whether it'd be a good idea for me to go to this one or is it the one along the street? Especially yeah, for us like, in five. central Scotland. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you want, a, you want a good idea. I didn't want to read 18 paragraphs about every beer that's on the tap list. What I want is a, a rough idea to say, right, let me compare X tap room against Y tap room. I'm only there yeah. overnight. I'm gone on a cruise or I'm, I'm there for work. I want somewhere good to go to and where, where is there decent? That's where it helps. What I don't think it helps is, and regardless of how subjective or, or objective you're being, sorry, and you're scoring, it's every pub in the world shouldn't be trying to base their their data on what they pick up next for the scoring, the scoring that exists. Yeah. There. Go out and you have yeah. to go, have to go out and try it if you're going to sell it. You've got to be able to back it. Don't yeah. go on the basis of what somebody on the internet tells you for picking yeah. your beer. Know your your audience. In yeah. your exactly. public house, and yeah. or whatever it might be, bar, uh, music venue, whatever it is, know your audience, know who you're selling to, and pick the right stuff based on on what you know they like. Don't go on the basis of Jimmy and he's <laughs> he, he yeah. served beer in X pub for three years, so he's all right to tell you whether that X IPA <laughs> is good or not. You know what I mean? Right. Don't right. Th- take it for what it is. Take everything with a pinch of salt. Like all social media platforms, <laughs> don't yeah. don't listen to the echo chamber. Don't go into five stars for every IPA no, un- no. untapped and treat that as objective. Just oh, yeah. no, that's take it for what it is. Like any source, <laughs> Aye, yeah. like any source, you would you wouldn't go on the basis say that if you're looking into history stuff, you wouldn't take one person who was there at the time's view on what happened in that event. You would go looking for multiple sources to try and prove your point and try and find the, the similarities. So do the same thing when it comes to Untapped or any other rating platform. Yeah, exactly. It be. Take it yeah. for what it is and treat it as one source amongst many. And yeah, I, I just, the other I, ones wish, I wish that it would be, you know, uh, and, and I don't know how they would go about doing it, which is why I'm not being paid the big bucks. Um, but like, <laughs> 
if they could, if they could, you know, if Untap could could add just one or two more steps to a rating, right? So like you, if you rate below three, maybe it asks you a couple of qualifying questions. Yeah. What didn't you like about this? Uh, uh, you know, and you don't have to fill it out like it's like a multi, you know, a multi choice, like uh, too bitter, uh, too or not bitter enough, like right. So like so then, as as someone who wants to go and and do what you're saying, I'm I'm on a work trip or whatever. I'll, I'll then be able to, you know, I could maybe filter out by tags that say like, yeah. I don't want anything that's too bitter. And if it has over 15 people or, you know, 40% of its reviews are saying that it's too bitter. Well, then it filters it out for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it allows it to be something that like, as long as there's a, a big enough, you know, uh, uh, what's, what's the right word? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, like, there's a big enough there's case enough study for enough, it. Yeah. That's right. the word. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, if it's one person saying it's not bitter enough out of a hundred people, well, then that shouldn't have any bearing on anything. If it's yeah. 40% of those people, that's something to consider. Uh, but that also probably would help brewers because like, while we want to say that brewers are just brewing whatever the fuck they want to brew, they're not. They're brewing what people want to drink at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And so the vast majority of brewers, I mean, just, just the other day, I actually had a brewer and I'm not mentioning the name of him, but uh, the name of it, but I had a brewer say to me, um, like he wanted me to taste a certain beer and, and well, he, he wanted me to taste his lager. And I was like, I was like, all right, I'll taste it. So I, I tasted it. He was super excited about it. And I, and I just, I asked him um, how long he lagered it and he got excited because he, uh, he, he had gotten it down to eight days what? and I, I just, Sorry, what? I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't really know what to say because I was like, like my first thought was that's not a lager. Yeah. Second thought yeah. was that's why it's so sweet and cloying. My third thought was that's not a lager. And fourth thought is why are you excited? Um, and like, <laughs> he was super proud and like, and, and I get it. Like his other beers were, were good, but what's happening is uh, accounts. And I hear this over and over and over again, accounts are telling brewers. Yeah. I'll buy your 6.8% apricot sour. That's been run through the dirty socks of, of LeBron James and whatever. Um, and, I, would, you know, I would buy that shit. I'd, I'd buy that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hell yeah, I'll have that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just more sour. It's still alive. His his sweat and germs. Yeah. Um, you know, run, run through the jock strap of you know ni- the 1970 world tennis champion, whatever. Um, but like, like I'll buy that. But I also have to buy the equal amount. You, you have to sell me something that, that's super cheap that I can sell to people that don't care about craft beer. So they say, okay, we'll make a lager. So they make a fucking lager that's been lagered eight or 10 days. And this is not the first brewer that's told me he's brewed in that short of time. And so like, that is, that's in, in order to pay their bills, they have to sell a lager. But the problem also is you can't really lager a beer. It's hard to lager a beer in a setup super like so small as you see in in london breweries right so like it's really difficult to pause most of your production so that you can let it sit there for three weeks Mm -hmm. um or four weeks or five weeks or however long you want to do it but i would say minimum three weeks but i'm also not a brewer so that's fine um (laughs) but uh i you know i think i think you know we're seeing more and more um brewers that are passionate about making beer are finding themselves having to make beers they're not passionate about yeah um, and that's just business that's just what business is and that's so, again that's the other aspect that some people forget is as a business and we mm-hmm. they need to be making beers that sell mark i know you know that firsthand 
Um, it feels like a good uh, point in the podcast to find out what we're drinking as our second beverage. I know two guys, at least three, potentially all of us have switched beers. Somebody made a sound, a sexual noise. I think it was Callum. Somebody yeah. was loving something. I didn't, was I did not hear a sexual noise. Oh, I did. No. It's, a, it's a subtle... <laughs> what you got, So, man? yeah, I am um, poured... We were given these dinky cans, which I love. Um, these are sort of perfect for your um, your sour idea, Mark. Um, no, tell me. So no, but this is uh, this is from a brewery called Turning Point Beer from uh, Bedford in Texas, and the uh, this this beer is you'll never drink alone. So we'll just gloss over that name. And uh, <laughs> they are they're Liverpool supporters, but their tastes, as you know. Now they're tasting beers better than they're tasting footies, so it's fine. Exactly. Um, and this is an Irish style radio. It's six percent, so yes, still nice and sessionable. Um, and I, I quickly jumped on at their website to see if I could get like a brew sheet or anything like that, and n- nothing doing. Unfortunately, the 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 sort of link on the website takes you annoyingly to straight to Untapped <laughs> for, for the beer. Um, but it's yeah. it's absolutely superb. It really is. It's it's really soft and smooth it's got a really fine sort of fine bubble quality to it um yeah. and it's it, 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 that makes it you know such a ple- well it, it's like I've, I've said that a few times um sometimes when you get you get beers that have been sort of fermented with champagne yeast and stuff like that you, you get that really sort of fine it, it really yeah that's that's how it feels in the mouth tight, anyway tight bubbles well, yeah, and I mean, you also get get that difference in carbonation when you get it between forced carb, carb and natural carb, right? So, like, mm-hmm. natural carb is a little bit, you know, typically a little bit bigger. That one is naturally carved, uh, but they have somehow achieved the fine bubble uh, situation. Uh, it's it's it doesn't. Um, and for the record, I'm not a big fan of nitro, uh, but um, and we can talk about that later, I guess. But uh, the uh, that that they've they have carved it superbly so that then it doesn't rob the flavor uh, but it no. does give a creaminess to it yeah um, yeah so, um and it's it's almost i mean it says it's an irish ale but it, but it's almost sort of belgian and it's it's kind of aroma true. it's it's like it's yeah. it, almost Slight like ester. kind of like like i uh, like that sort of banana type ester that yeah. you get from a from yeah. a belgian sort of ale um and it's it's absolutely delicious it's yeah, so so good my current favorite of what I have over that's, I mean, like for this week, uh, is yeah. that's, that's what I've been drinking. It's, it's, it's incredible. It is, uh, it's, it's malty. It's like a malt bomb, uh, but it's also super hoppy and bitter at the back end. It's like, um, like it, it, it rounds out, uh, kind of an opposite West coast, um, where you've, where you've got, uh, you know, with the West coast, it's all it's hops and the malt backbone exists. Uh, that's uh, even even further than an American IPA. It's it's malty, malty, malty mm-hmm. with some bitterness, um, yeah. and super super clean, super um, light, uh, yep. thin, not viscous at all. Yeah. And so that's uh, if, if there's a palate of that going spare me, I'll uh, I'll, I'll get back to the <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I do have a palate of that. Uh, actually, no, <laughs> no I, I don't. I don't have a palate of that left, but I. I have a few, um, but the uh, so those guys that that's turning point beer, uh, yep. which I know that there is one here as well. Um, so they are in Bedford, Texas. They're really well known uh, nationally for their hazies. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they are a massive hazy and stout make, uh, uh, making um, 
uh, outfit and they are um, fucking incredible brewers, but they, they make less than 1800 hectoliters a year. So they are a rotating brewery. So they are, um, they don't have any core beers. They just make whatever comes to their fancy. And if they want to make that beer again, they'll do that later on, whatever. Um, but the American overtone. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know mannequin overtone at all. I know overtone, but I don't know about mannequin. As we overtone. said, I said I'm at the American, American, American version yes. of overtone. Oh, American yes. overtone. overtone. I literally said mannequin, but because my because <laughs> my ears are not Scottish, um, so uh, so yeah. To be fair, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took this long to further to be an issue with it. I mean, I've got I'm I've got ears, man. I, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good at this. The TARDIS is basically translating for me. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a Doctor Who reference. I'm such a fucking nerd. Anyway, uh, tends my doctor, and we'll talk about that later. Um, so, um, yeah. So, uh, Turning Point is like they're such a superb fucking brewery. Uh, yeah. The uh, somebody just uh, there's an American company now adding like mashing up all the metadata and and announcing uh, every. Um, every top brewery for each state and at each city uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in the U.S. Uh, and, and they just did it for Texas. And Turning Point was, I think, number two uh, wow. in the state uh, when it comes to reviews, when it comes to um, um, its reviews and visits, I think. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, it's they're fucking incredible. Uh, every beer they make, they make a different base for. So it's like they don't have an imperial stout base that they fucking adjunct. It's yeah. I've built this for these adjuncts. It's a different fucking beast. That beer is one of the only, uh, yeah, one of the only single reds being made in the state, and it is so fucking good. Uh, and it drinks that. That for me drinks. It's light and airy and creamy, but it drinks. Uh, I think it's because of the creaminess. The viscosity feels heavier. It feels mm-hmm. it feels more um, substantial than most six percents we've been talking about. Um, but it's still super, super sessionable. Um, in obviously my Texas definition. So. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Um, MD, I either see oh, me because I'm I'm in the same thing. So I'll just I'll I'll agree with everything Callum and James just said. James oh, just yeah. said. The only other thing I'll add to the brewery is I was just having a, a swift, a swift Google in my mind there because I, I just know everything about every beer. Not, yeah, um, yeah, of course. The the turning point beer place in Bedford, Texas, is right next door to a church, so the beer yes, list, which, yes, <laughs> which is, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> straight yeah. straight to the church on Sunday, straight in straight in the turning yeah. point for your carry out for the rest of the weekend. So they don't even like, have, like the church doesn't <laughs> even have to get anything for communion. They just come over. Uh, they. They grab a really, really heavy beer, uh, like one of their fourteen percent stouts, right? And they bring it over, and, and that's what they use to dip that's the bread it. in. You know, everybody so, just stays. Yeah, yeah, they, they all just stay in. It's fine. <laughs> don't need a potluck. We'll just go over there and drink beer together. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, no, it's, such it's a killer. Cool concept. Yeah, yeah, that it's sounds awesome. awesome. Such a that... smart place. Like, <laughs> the, the beer's amazing. Um, the cans, the, the if and I'm going to go there. The opposite, say the can's too small, but um, uh, again, yeah. it's a sample. But um, yeah, half a liter next time for samples would be good. Thanks. <laughs> right? No, no, no. So uh, everything's so, bi- so, every, t- totally boxed. In, everything's bigger in Texas. Well, yeah. Well, actually, actually, <laughs> it doesn't. Trial beer. <laughs> it actually doesn't. Yeah, that's that's just a taster in Texas. So that's yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's so good. that's good. No, all they all they do is um, all they do is tall boys. They they only do sixteen ounces. And so when I said that I needed samples, they ordered in eight ounce cans. 
instead of 16 ounce cans. Uh, because okay. when, I, when, when I'm walking in with five or six beers to, to taste with a beer buyer, uh, I don't, I don't want, I mean, not, not that I don't need, I don't want to have 16 ounces of beer in this yeah. can that I now have to drink through with just two people. That's eight ounces each. And then I got to move on to four other beers. Like there, it's just, it's not healthy for my liver, my life, my mindset, <laughs> any of that, me getting to the next meeting, that kind of shit. Well, uh, and I so, mean, if, I, if I'm a couple of days, I mean, I can do a job, you know what I mean? I can, I can yeah. polish the, polish the left off. That's what I yeah, said yeah, to Mark. That's what I said to you for your job. You're, you're kind of similar, similar field. I said that the, the, if anybody's looking, anybody that does rideshare stuff or anything like that, I've watched on, on Netflix, the, the Lincoln lawyer recently, and he is a driver because he does all his work on the road in between going to courts and things like that. That's yeah. the Surely that's the, the beer sales or the, the, the beer distributor's dream is to have a driver so you can just go everywhere yeah. and the answer, anytime, yeah. anytime anybody offers you, go and taste this, have a wee drop of that, the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, Every yeah. Single I would time. love that. Get a, a driver. Yeah, yeah. No, all, all I do is I, I just hop on hop on the tube or I hop on the overground, right? So like, yeah, it's just like... You're, you're all right. Here in yeah, the States, it's a bit different. I, I mean, I still have to walk to the places. Oh, you know? yeah, I still yeah, have yeah. to walk to places. It's like 15 minute walk and I'm like, supposed to do that in a straight line? Are you kidding me? This is my <laughs> sixth meeting of the day. Uh, no, this is not happening. Um, yeah, the, the other night I actually walked in. I just randomly walked into a place because I've been emailing them and they hadn't responded. Uh, yeah, uh, and so walked in and I was like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we've been meaning to, to message you." And I was like, "Well, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, some beer in my rucksack. Like, let's, let's do it." And they're like, "Okay, that sounds good." Uh, that was at half nine, and so uh, at night, and so I had already been to four other meetings before that, um, and so I like did. I was not great at the end of that meeting. I'm sure. Um, I haven't heard back from them, but it doesn't mean maybe they're still recovering. But yeah, exactly. um, anyway, maybe yeah, they I mean, weren't sure. great. Maybe they weren't great either. Right. Exactly. That's hundred percent. At the end, though, when you wake up the next day and it's either that was awful or I've, it was the best I've ever been. Exactly. Right. That's hundred percent. And it was the best I've ever been. If they, if they don't like my best, then. They can go fuck them. Uh, exactly. Fuck them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, That's the name uh, of that pub. Well, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. MD, um, you look like you've either got a bock or a Westie in your glass. I've been nursing this for a while, waiting for this coming round. Yeah, I have, I've got the Westie. Um, Woo! Hoppenheimer. Yeah, I have the uh, the Derelict. Um, oh, the Derelict. Okay. Yeah. Oak Highlands uh, Brewery, which I think is wicked. So obviously being in Scotland, the old Highland connection here. But my, oh, this is just, it's, it's West Coast, mate. And like, thank fuck, put it that way. Um, it's, <laughs> well, you know, because uh, as the boys will tell you, I have a, I've got a West Coast palate. I like a bitter beer. Yeah. This is a, a 6.1%, uh, 56 IBU. Uh, and for me, like the 56 is, um, it's kind of where it needs to be, I suppose. Here's a question. Like, I'm, I'm having the same beer, right? And here's the, the I see when I seen 56 IBUs, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to be better enough. But what I, I find it does the 56 fucking brilliantly. We've had beers that are higher IBUs that just aren't bitter enough, which I can't fuck knows how. They've obviously fucked up there somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that well, I feel it's like that's also does the hops it. they're using. Yeah, true. I feel like that does it fucking properly. So, 
like obviously Gav, you're on, on this. Like when I the first time I had it, the first mouthful I had when it was cold, I was slightly disappointed because I yeah. felt like it was a bit. It was kind of limp wristed is probably the best way of putting it. Whereas, see when it warms up, yeah. it is like proper West Coast. The malty floralness comes through. It's got a bite on both sides. It has a pepperiness to it um, that comes through from the on the back end of the IB uh, with the bitterness as well. It's creamy. Yep. You know, it it's um, it it really does coat your tongue um, and sort of lingers uh, there. Like you say, it has a backbone. Like it has that the like traditional West Coast backbone that you want. You want it full of the malt. You want it full of the biscuitiness without it being overly like in that sense. But you want that feeling of like I'm drinking something that is strong here. And then it comes through with sort of like a citrusy floral kind of hop. That's just I kind of put my finger on what what it is. Like I always go with like Cascade, Centennial, and that sort of uh, sort of um, area. But then the the bitterness just fucking grabs you at the end, and you're oh, just, like, like I'm annoyed because I wish I poured it and left it and got like three or four extra mouthfuls of it being badass rather than yeah. sort of trying it when it was super cold but yeah. it's um it's just it's it's really nice was this the one that you poured at um the, the brew london or no no so this so hoppenheimer was the one i poured at brew london which, oh, which, which is also yeah. a west coast uh yeah hoppenheimer is is more um candy pineapple I was going to say, um, it's, it's definitely not as sweet as I remember. Like, that's no. what I was thinking. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but the malt is still there in this one, yeah? So, that, so that, that, that's the thing. The, the thing about Hoppenheimer is it's actually 7.4. It's, it's, it's 1.3% higher than that. Uh, it has a higher IBU as well. Uh, but you get, you get more bitterness out of this beer. Um, and, and that's just because of the hops they use, how many hops they use, but also the malts they use. The malts are... The malts are much much drier malts um, than uh, than that. Uh, and actually, let me see if I can look that up for you. I should probably have that pulled up anyway. That'd be helpful. Um, I got a bunch of beer nerd facts, guys. I literally send all my beer buyers beer nerd uh, beer nerd banter. I call it every week uh, because oh, like, I like that. I just don't have any don't don't have any room for you not knowing if you want to every aspect of this beer if the brewery will give it to me and sometimes they won't and that's fine because i get it uh uh that that mosaic beer which uh, you guys i think tasted also there i had brew london uh from community they, they won't give me the hop bill there's eight hops in it um wow. it's called mosaic ipa so i think yep. we know mosaic is that but beyond that they, they won't they won't give it to me um <laughs> and that's okay because mosaic. they have hung their Trial hat on mosaic. that shit <laughs> mosaic. um half a mosaic yeah, like, Yes, it's all mosaic uh, variants for sure. Uh, essence of mosaic, uh, spirit mosaic, um, a man named Mosaic's ashes. Uh, let me see. Uh, so, uh, so, so Hoppenheimer has an IBU of sixty-eight. Um, it's uh, and they won't give me the hot bill. It's top secret uh, or the grain bill. So there's that. Uh, let me see what I can find here on Derelict. So Derelict um, is. 
Uh, 56 IBU, you already mentioned that. Okay, but he gave me everything because he's a badass. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the Crystal 60. that, uh, And the creaminess is coming from Carapils, a tiny bit of creaminess there. But uh, Crystal 60 is really pushing through that, um, that bitterness, but also a tiny bit of sweetness, but more dry than anything. Yeah. Uh, the hop bill is Columbus Cascade and Citra. Um, and then uh, the notes uh, that, that I've got in here that he's given me are grapefruit, uh, pine, and malt. So where um, where Hoppenheimer is more pineapple, it's that like the kind of resin um, and candied kind of pineapple. Uh, this is more more uh, dry grapefruit, you know. I don't. I the, the grapefruit aspect of it is, is you don't get it. Quite, it's probably quite slight, but I, I'm honestly that. I, I, I'm quite glad to be honest because, yeah. like, a lot of UK West Coast IPAs lean on the grapefruit aspect of it rather than the piney bitterness aspect and the yeah. maltiness. For me, like a traditional yeah. West Coast has got to be malty. It's got to have backbone. Yeah. Well, there there wouldn't there wouldn't be a beer called uh, you know Ballast Point Sculpin Grapefruit if you didn't need to add grapefruit to really accentuate the grapefruit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, but you also have to look at, you know, um, uh, I say this all the fucking time, um, you know, uh, pe- pe- people that have tasted my, my West coast. are like, Holy shit, this is what a West coast is. This is it. I, re- I remember this. Why is, why are people not doing that in the UK? Correct. Correct. But, Bingo. <laughs> but, but, but just to stick up for UK brewers, I could ask you to make a spaghetti bolognese and you could be a fucking master chef, like the world's best chef, but I give you the ingredients to make a chicken Alfredo. You can't make a spaghetti bolognese in the same way. Yeah. And, 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 and there, there are breweries here. Most breweries here are using noble hops to make IPAs. They're using hops that they can get here. If, if they're using American hops, they're using American hops that have been um, dried and sent over, right. Uh, sent dry. They're, they're, they're not, they're not, cold chained over yep. or not flown over because who has the fucking money for that? I mean, outside of like four breweries we could name right now yeah. uh, that aren't big beer. Uh, and those four breweries are making some of the most legendary IPAs in the country. The other ones have no fucking chance at making a quote unquote American style or West coast or even an East coast because the hops and the ingredients, the pH of the water alone fucks with everything. Uh, and so, which I know is just, is basic knowledge but like you it's really difficult it's really difficult to judge a uk brewer um by american standards and it's, yeah. it, it's not because the brewers here are not as good it's that the in, the ingredients that they have are different uh not even worse they're just different yeah uh, and on, on top of that how many brewers here we i mean we talked about this earlier how many brewers here have the opportunity to cold chain their fucking beer from the bay to the glass Yep. Like I can promise you that there are not very many because I am struggling to find that from for myself outside yeah. of where I'm already distributed. You know, I'm kind of so, I'm kind of glad you kind of touched on those points, James. To be honest, it is a question I have got written down. You've you've kind of half answered it already, and um, it, it was going to be what UK breweries do you see that do American style beers properly or best? Maybe not properly because, like you said, because they don't have the same ingredients, etc. Yeah, um, I think uh, I mean the one I'm sitting in right now is uh, is making some phenomenal American style beer, um, Old Street Brewery uh, in Hackneywick in Queensyard in Hackneywick mm-hmm. down here in London, um, and 
it's it's owned by an Arizonan, um, and uh, you know a beer nerd. He's passionate about all things beer. When he comes into the states, he stops off in Dallas for forty eight hours, and I take him to all these breweries, and we we literally try to not sleep and just drink as much beer as we can because <laughs> that's just what friendship is, uh, especially when you're old like me, forty year old. Uh, and so um, that sounds like a so good yeah. forty eight hours, by the way. Say it again. I said that sounds like a fucking great forty eight hours. Yeah, I was well, going to say, on. can I come the I'm next ready. day? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, if you book in advance, I'm telling you, you can get 300 quid, like you know, three or 400 quid uh, round trip. Let's do Damn. it. Damn. Damn. Um, I mean, that's other, still a lot of money, but yeah. 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 Is, uh, yeah. Um, the other thing to ask and to touch on, and it's probably a very important aspect of of what you're doing, and we we spoke about it before we were even recording is with regards to getting the beer here in the UK and cold store and stuff. So how do you manage to get the beer one over here safely Two, to make sure that that quality of when it comes out the brewery to when somebody goes to the brewery and gets that beer from there is the same, if not similar to when the people here in the UK sample that beer. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is no fucking way that I would, um, dishonor the beer being put in into the kegs yeah. uh, by the brewers in Texas uh, by not cold chaining it from start to finish, um, which is incredibly fucking expensive and incredibly difficult. Um, and uh, incredibly everything that you could possibly think would might be in a living nightmare uh, to do it in the middle of Brexit and do it in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic and now in the middle of a recession, because why the fuck yes. not? Um, but uh, it's worth, I mean, we're paying, around seven times more than we would if we shifted an ambient um Foxy. and stored it at ambient um oh yeah it's it's insane um and but at the end of the day it's not worth bringing the beer if i can't honor the beer um i've also had uh several uh, at least in my first month or so selling beer in i i had beer buyers ask me Okay, yeah, okay. You have 26 different beers from five different breweries. That that that's great. Which ones are the good ones? And I'm like, honestly, mate, uh, <laughs> there are no fillers. Like I'm I'm this is expensive stuff. Like yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not just bullshitting and saying, here's my seven good beers and here's the rest. Like there's no point in bringing that. I would bring seven beers yeah. and I would bring a smaller container. Like I'm I filled the container with with world class. Is that the bourbon barrel aged vanilla porter? Is that what you just pulled out? Um, no, it's the. Uh, I think it's called the freaky Dicky. It is. Is it wait? Is mate, it a silver mate, Is it is it white wine freaky Dicky or is it red wine freaky Dicky? Well, this is white wine freaky Dicky. White wine freaky Dicky. Yes, it mate, is. Um, 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 I'm fucking dying to talk about this beer. <laughs> Sorry, what was I talking about? Oh yes, I remember now. I remember now. So, uh, so yeah, we're, I mean, we're, there, there are three, which you guys know this, and I'm sure all of your listeners do. There are three biggest fucking enemies of beer. They're light, which we've solved with, with the keg not being able to be seen through. Yep. Right. Uh, there is, um, there is temperature, which is what we're solving with the, with, with the cold chaining. Um, and then uh, there is oxygen which we're solving with the keg, uh, the keg brand that we're using, uh, which has oxygen eating enzymes in the lining so that even if, even if there is a breach, uh, it will eat the oxygen before it oxi oxidizes the beer, uh, therefore mental. keeping it at, um, yeah, it's, it's mental. And yet again, 
expensive, but um, yeah. worth it because there's no point in bringing beer if I can't honor the brewer that made it. There's no point in bringing beer if I can't honor the person that ordered it expecting a world-class fucking experience or at least a regional class fucking experience. And, and I hand them either an oxidized beer or a beer not, not kept at temperature, not just served at temperature, not, not flash chilled, kept underneath at ambient and then just served to you at the right temperature. That doesn't fucking matter. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't cold, every aspect of the, like every, every step of the way, when I say cold, I mean, six, six degrees, Yep. not 10 degrees, not 15 degrees, also not two degrees. We don't need to do that shit, but six degrees, it, it has to be kept there and there's science behind it. And I could go on and on and on about how much beer you get out of the keg and how, how it adds to the efficacy and how long the shelf life goes. And I would love to talk about that. If y'all want to talk about that, we can do that after we go through the next round of beers. But uh, at the end of the day, just suffice it to say, science says that the temperature fucking matters. And if you keep beer at, at cellar, which is 15 degrees, accepted kind of 14 to 15 degrees, it is it is not it is almost half the shelf life and half of the honor to that beer as it would be at the right temperature at six degrees. And now I'm starting to preach and prophetize. No, mate, fucking loving it. Honestly, you're pre- you're literally oh, preaching to the choir. The- uh, yeah, and it, it makes it makes like you know there's breweries out there in in the UK breweries that we've had on that that are that are you know they make phenomenal beer, but they they, they say you know we're we're putting this beer into supermarkets, and you know yes we know that these beers are aren't getting stored cold, but but we've brewed it so that it doesn't need to get stored cold, and then you're just like you're just like no it doesn't you can surely surely that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I, first of all, I'm sorry to every brewery that has ever said that on, said that on this podcast. Um, I love you very much. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Beer is a living fucking thing. Um, even even after you quote unquote stop fermentation, beer is a living fucking thing. Uh, and to say that it doesn't need to be kept at a certain temperature because you've used a certain thing, what that basically means is that you have spoiled the beer before you put it in the package. So that there, therefore, it's the same thing. Full uh, 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 shitty coffee does. Uh, it's the same thing that big beer does. Uh, they spoil the beer. They spoil the product before they put it in, so that the consumer assumes this is what beer tastes like. If I can skunk the beer before they get it, it can sit on the shelf for two years, and we don't have to dump it out because they're going to expect skunk as a fresh <laughs> beer flavor. Yep, that's the same fucking thing. If you've brewed. If you've brewed a beer so that you don't have to keep it at temperature, you have brewed a skunked beer so that you don't have to keep it at temperature. That's like saying, I brewed a beer so that it's protected against light. No, you haven't. You've brewed a beer that's already light struck. So therefore, it doesn't taste light struck when more light strikes it. Yeah. It doesn't. Yep. Sorry, I'm now I'm getting worked up. But yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's good. It's passion, mate. Passion. How, men- Shit, how mental is it that it takes, and it would now that I'm thinking about it, take somebody that's shifting beer that distance to get to have that much forethought behind it but how much a, a, a breath of fresh air is it and this is blow, no blowing smoke up your arse but you know how much of a, an improvement is it or, or great news to hear that there's somebody who's who's shouting about the fact that they're taking the care when they're moving it as when you think about it, I mean, it wasn't so many years ago, Mark, where, where Sierra Nevada would appear on the doorstep at Morrison's or, or a Tesco or wherever it would be. And it wasn't the best version of the beer. It wasn't even 25% of what Sierra Nevada is supposed to be. But we ate it up like it was fucking 
crack. It was the, it was the best deal <laughs> in the world. It? it was all that was gone at the time. So yeah. there is then a, a well, they can do what they want with it because we'll fucking buy it anyway because yeah. it's come from America. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's this mythical place, but to, to have somebody yeah. who is putting more care, <laughs> the right level of care that has to be taken with someone that's traveling so far is unbelievable. That's all. But remember well, the when the answer that... you're, pre- you're you, you felt you were preaching, but what I'm saying is it's no, good well, to have somebody talk about it and bring that t- stuff up that they're taking the care that's supposed to be taken oh. with stuff that's traveling a hell of a lot of distance. And you're saying it's expensive, but it can't be that expensive for people who are here to shift it domestically to keep stuff at the right temperature so that you can get it at its best. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. We need to, that, um, Callum. We need to talk about this beer, um, <laughs> and I, 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 I think Mark's opened it as well. Pupino oh. uh, This is this is uh, <laughs> so we're now we're now because I've opened it as well. We're now um, into September, and um, I, that's actually another one that I have that, that you guys have. So that's that's my next yes. one. But uh, cool. tease, tease me into drinking it, please. This is fucking. So we're, we're now into right, sep- you cannot fuck right off because I've no glass. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're now into September, and this is hands down one of the best decisions. One of the best decisions I've made this year is to not give this beauty Scott. Um, <laughs> a great call. So a great call, mate. So this is uh, this is Oak Island Brewery again. And uh, they brewed a beer called Freaky Deaky, and it's a, a Belgian triple, so it's 10%, um, and it's brewed with American hops, so it's 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 a bit hoppier than your sort of traditional Belgian-style beer. Um, and they obviously weren't, they were happy, but they obviously thought, let's let's have some fun, and they've, they've fucked up a shit ton of this beer into red wine and white wine barrels. Um, so this beer that we're drinking is uh, a 10% Belgian triple that's been aged in white wine barrels for six months. And uh, oh my fucking days, man. Holy this fuck. Is, this is phenomenal. I've had it's to get rid of my stool. absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> right. I'm, 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 I've had to stand up. Right. Right. It's, it's soft. It's it, Where is the 10% in this beer, man? It's it, 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 Seven and a half. Eight percent, maybe. Oh, yeah. if that, man, if that, and it's it's white wine on the nose. It's it's lovely and sweet, and it's got a pleasant bitterness at the end. It's floral hops. It's it's absolutely stunning. It really is absolutely superb. The one thing for me is I, I don't really think it's a triple. Like if I'm being honest, like I, like I don't I don't get Belgian triple from it. But no, do you know I, why you don't get Belgian triple from it? Because uh, because the because the white wine uh, changes it. Uh, this is this is the base beer, uh, and I fucking tell you, this is a phenomenal triple. The the only thing is he adds copious amounts of American hops, uh, and so. Uh, I don't know if I sent you guys the, the base beer or not, but you are okay. I don't like I don't like Belgian beers. Uh, like I, I alluded earlier to, uh, to 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 Jeff over at Jester King. Yeah. Um, uh, that Joker is making world class beer. When he makes another beer, uh, uh, sometimes like when I see him, he'll say, "Hey, uh, do you want to try this? You'll like this one." And I'll, and I'll try it and I'll say. I can tell it's world class. I don't like it. It's bananas. It's cloves. It's you know the esters. It's just not my style. I don't like yeast. I don't like Belgian yeast at least. Uh, this beer is a beer that, while I like the hoppiness, I don't drink much of this beer because it is very estery. Mm-hmm. Fucking white wine barrels. I have no idea what it does to it. 
it takes the esters out. And I enjoy the white wine version of this beer. Like I drink this too often. Uh, and so, because it's 10%, but uh, I hear what you're saying where you say you're not getting any of the Belgian. That is the white wine for six months. It's sitting in Chardonnay or white wine barrels. I don't know anything about wine. I think Chardonnay is white wine. Anyway, I believe it's Chardonnay <laughs> barrels. Anyway. See, this is the guy, this is the guy 10 minutes ago. Half of us, I hate white wine. All of us. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the worst. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like white wine. I don't like, uh, I don't like Belgians. But when you put them together, this fucking beer, it doesn't taste at all like a Belgian. No, I doesn't. guarantee you, no. if you had, if you had the base beer, you would say, oh shit, that's a Belgian. Like it's, it's there. Just I'm not made, in that I'm beer. I'm so excited to be drinking this beer, but I'm also so disappointed that I didn't get the red wine one as well. <laughs> so this is the deal. Uh, so what what he does? So uh, this is Oak Islands. They're in Garland, Texas, and they are uh, they they are very passionate about um, if they're going to brew a beer that is a traditional style to a certain region or country. He will he will do his due diligence, change the pH of of the water he'll he'll um he'll he'll import as many ingredients as he can from that region so that he can make sure that he makes a beer that again honors the tradition that he's making right but then he fucks it up because it's texas and why the hell not so with this one he he, he brews this and then he fucks it up with um, what he calls copious amounts of american hops um which changes the base beer alone the esters are still there but like there's a bitterness there's like everything you get from american hops it's like fuck me like this is different and then uh he he makes that one time a year uh and then he divvies it up a third of it stays base a third goes to white and a third goes to red wine barrels uh i don't have the red wine barrel with me i only brought white wine uh mainly because i want to make sure that i'm not putting a pressure on my brewers to yeah. to change too much about the production schedule right and so red wine is um red wine was already i think it got released first and so he had less stock on that and so i just said don't don't worry about that give me the white and give me the base uh so maybe next time it'll be red wine instead of white wine or maybe it'll be both i, don't I mean know, but, I'm, um, I'm, I'm uh i'm currently online looking at wetsuits because i'm going to swim yeah. i'm going to swim <laughs> on in over, texas mate. and, uh, yeah, and you've had too much of that beer mate it's 10 remember i'm going to swim to texas and wait outside the brewery until that red wine's available again and just fly back with me come on let's do it they, no they, there is the uh that's definitely going to be the fucking uh name of this uh podcast it's, it's the te- like texas he, backstroke does it yeah, like like when james is saying like did they bring that back with me that he's sitting in the fucking container giving it fucking <laughs> one half sitting there at six degrees <laughs> That's actually how, yeah, that's how I shit myself. Yeah. Um, uh, the flight, the flights were only three or four hundred quid round trip that time, so I just sat in the container. On the way yeah, back. I was like, you know what? It, it was too much for me, so I, I, yeah, I just basically lived in the container for there three was, weeks. The, there was less in the container alongside me by the time I got back, but that well, was fine because it was at the perfect temperature, so that's all right. I know. To be fair, I, I overloaded it for my own benefit. Um, Good, quite right, but yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, that beer is fucking a phenomenon. It, uh, an anomaly is probably the better word for it. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I think that's the best way to describe it because, like, like the white wine is overpowering on, on like the aroma when you open the can. Yeah. Think, oh fuck! It fucking but, smashes you. But it doesn't really taste overly white winey when you when you're drinking it. It is. Yeah. It's, it's it's sweet. It's sort of like. Like, like, I'm not going to say syrupy because it's not that thick, but it does no. have like a sort of like a sticky kind of it's, sweet. It's thing. gristy. It's gristy. It's, yeah. um, 
I I don't think I could drink probably more than a three thirty mil because nah. it is really sweet for me. And I've what came from yeah. the West Coast, before, like I've had the West Coast IPA yeah. before. That so makes sense. Power uh, that, a fucking four forty of that would fucking floor me. Oh mate, I, well it would. You might swim to fucking Texas if you drink a four forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like that should be like somebody should sample what you just said and make a rap song out of it, or a trap song, or a grime <laughs> song, whatever. Because you James, said you, a, did you know that four forty of that would floor me, right? Like it's it's there, it's it's flowing. Like I, I can feel it, mate. And you know what that is? That's that Texas ten percent, mate. It's, it's it's flowing through you. Yeah. Um, that's the second so, half of this podcast, mate. We go like proper UK grime after. So I'm in, mate. We go I'm back. In. We go back to high high school days when we played uh, "Get on the Mic" in my conservatory. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, I don't no know what that is, but I want to know more. So basically, I'm going. basically, it was a PlayStation game called "Get on the Mic." It was a yeah. Def Jam game, and essentially, it was um, rap karaoke, hip hop karaoke. We were, fucking, we were fucking shit. You can shit imagine at it. that being the whitest thing ever. Like, <laughs> like, like a, bunch, a bunch of Scottish guys like trying to sing or rap DMX. Who, who were oh, not no. the, the least fly. Yeah. Why guys. would you pick DMX? I can't because I, I can't remember any other. Uh, I can't remember any like, other ones. Like, who, who else are the? I remember who else was the deaf. Uh, what other deaf jam artists? I can't. I, I genuinely can't other. remember. But it was the funniest thing, and I, I had a mode on it. We could do it, a versus mode, and it was just you went one one on one. It was a battle. A battle mode, and um, whoever was watching got to see if judge it was good her. or not and judge it. Oh, it was e- wow. equally terrible. I want this game so bad now. Yeah, you're bleeding. Can I just say though, there is there is definitely a podcast that could be done with this game. However, whether it would be allowed to be aired afterwards, I don't know. No. If, however, no, the editing that would have to go into that mark would be unbelievable. Yeah, I think. And we had to pay for the rights for the music. I'm sure. That's true. Uh, yeah, very true. Basically, don't let's put it down to that: the fact that we can't do it, rather than any it's other. Can't, it can't be done. Copyrights. That's the only reason. We're very, we'd be very good at it. We'd be very good at it. No, everyone want to listen to it. We just can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, um, we need to. We need to ask. We need to make sure we get this out to people that are listening and to find out where they can get these beers from. Hop the pond that you are taking your time and traveling across Texas and you're bringing these amazing beers from Texas over to the UK. Where can people get their hands on them? Is what we need to really know. Well, uh, right now uh, it is in Greater London. Uh, we're in Southend, uh, out, out, uh, yeah, out east, and then, um, and then we are in Sheffield, um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically find your, find your favorite uh, uh, craft beer bar um, or pub or establishment or whatever you want to call it, uh, and you'll probably find us. And if you don't, just tell them to call me because I'll, I'll get them some beer. Uh, but but uh, in Greater London, we're in uh, all the craft beer co's. Um, we are uh, at the Rake. Um, we're at Euston Tap. We're at uh, Hackney Tap. Um, we are at the Cock in Hackney. Uh, we're here at Old Street Brewery. Yeah. Um, we're at we're at Crate right here across the yard. Um, I mean, we're 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 at about thirty five spots in Greater London, uh, and we're at uh, yeah, probably all together about forty five spots. So see amazing. on Untapped, there's a lot from like Heist Brewing, obviously, if they're stolen yep. some of your stuff. In Sheffield, well. yeah. 
yeah, yeah, worth worth shouting out. Um, yeah, and then uh, in Southend we're at Craftwork Beers um, yeah, with with Steve over there. There's some badass people, and also their pizza is really fucking good. People, if you get a chance to go to Southend, go to Craftwork, get a Texas beer, and get a badass pizza. And I'm telling you, I judge pizzas very highly. That's what this fuck of it. Dave, Dave, Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy. There you go. There you go. See? There you we, go. We know our uh, Also, just so you guys know, I'm drinking. You guys don't have this one. Tejano Pacano. This is an English brown ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, same, same brewer, uh, Oak Island. So so the, 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 the folks that made... Uh, made that white wine freaky deaky that you guys were just drinking. Yep. Or you are still drinking probably. Uh, unless you oh, chugged yes. it, super easy <laughs> to chug. Um, but uh, the, they're the same folks that made the bourbon barrel aged vanilla porter that yep. you guys had at yep. Brew London. Yep. So uh, with that one, he made like he imported all the ingredients, changed the pH to make an English working man's porter. Delightful uh, version of that. Then he decided to, again, fuck it all up with. With hashtag Texas and uh, put in two different kinds of vanilla. It's got Madagascar and Mexican vanilla in there. Um, and so that's the base beer, uh, vanilla porter, which I thought I had one, but I don't. Uh, but then he bourbon barrel ages it uh, for six months and it is a weird ass delight. It's so great. Oh. This one is an English working man's porter. Uh, no, can I just say, this it one, yes. does not look like an English porter on the can. Like, <laughs> you know, it is. It is sort of like the I'm gonna I'm gonna call it like a Mexican equivalent to uh, <laughs> what no oh, oh this <laughs> this you mean yeah man. oh no so it's, so it's the, the least, this one's not a porter the, yeah this yeah one, the, the brown ale is one, the least brown ale looking can I've ever seen it's just the least looking brown ale can yeah 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 uh, so this is this is an English brown ale but he has he has adjuncted it because why the fuck wouldn't he uh, with house toasted. Texas pecans. So Tejano Pecano. And so uh, it is, it is fucking delightful because the brown ale already gives you all the fucking nuttiness that you could ever need. Right. If if, if you make it right, it's nutty as fuck. Uh, And that's the best way to describe a brown ale. You should write that down and you can have that. Um, (laughs) Nutty as fuck. But when he adds the pecans, it doesn't add any nuttiness. All it adds is the sweetness from the pecans. It's this earthy complex sweetness that is like it's not cloying. It's 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 again. It's earthy. It's 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 got a super um, strange addition uh, uh, to the brown ale in in a great way. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm having here. So Same guys. That, that, uh, that's a, a segue to a question to ask someone who um, hails from the the other side of said pond that we've been yeah. been crossing back and forth all evening. What's yeah. the obsession? What why? Why do Americans have an ungodly obsession with Newcastle Brown Ale? This is the deal. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's been in, I've been to Atlanta, I've been DC, yeah. Chicago, everywhere. There's always uh, anywhere you go that serves decent beer always has Newkey Brown available in bottles. Listen, mate, New, like, Newcastle, Newcastle Brown Ale is is an know, institution. But it's, it's to, a quality to, beer. It's a toilet and, water, mate. To Fuck shift off. it, to, to shift Get it off my podcast. Far. Why are you moving it? Why are you? Why are you taking it all the way over there? Why are we taking Newcastle over there? Aye, it just it's a it's a weird one. It's uh, let me let me us. give you a little context. Let me give you a little context. Um, Ten years ago, eleven years ago, if you walked into a quote unquote English pub, 
in America, which is the same thing as you go to an American style bar here. It's fucking never right. It's like <laughs> complete shite. It's like, what is this fucking garbage? Same, same thing when you walk into a Scottish pub and it's like, oh, do you serve haggis? We do, but we make it with, uh, we make it with synthetic. And it's like, no, you don't fucking do haggis then. Yeah. I mean, I hate haggis so much. Fuck off, right? Cut this money. <laughs> but but I've tried it. I've tried it and I understand that people like it. Uh, what I'm saying is you can't make haggis with synthetic wrapping. You can't, you can't fucking try to make it to where it's accessible. Haggis is not accessible. It's sheep's fucking stomach. It's just what it is. You That's can't try to like. Americanize it, right? I'm just saying, like, James, wait a minute, me, we, we'll be doing a podcast next year on wine and haggis. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, you mean, yes, I love this, actually. I'm ready because I, I, I care nothing about either of them, and I'm ready to, to learn more. Um, but, uh, but no, so it's so I used to walk in to English pubs because that's what I want, because I wanted, I have since I was a kid, wanted to live in England. Uh, and a premium fucking beer, like – three dollars more than any other beer being poured in the bar boddington's cream ale oh, <laughs> oh man yeah yeah imagine my surprise when i walked into my first sainsbury's and noticed that it was on the discount shelf what the <laughs> fuck is that what the fuck have i been doing another premium offering strongbow no <laughs> English, the shit English. that they drink it's it's like white English lightning and then Strongbow, three liters of Strongbow for pretty much what what the the people that drink malt liquor, where I'm from, drink Strongbow here. Uh, yeah. But they sell it as a premium there. It's the same thing as as, as Newcastle. They sell it as a premium. They they lie to us and say that this is this is the <laughs> beer that all English people want to drink. And it's like the fuck off, people. Uh, no, I, I I never enjoyed Newcastle, even though I did live in Middlesbrough. I never enjoyed. Uh, drinking Newcastle. Uh, uh, I never enjoyed the brown ale aspect of it. But when I tasted an actual Go decent local brown ale, yeah. that's a different conversation. Life changing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but but Newcastle is big beer. New, Newcastle is, had sold their soul a long time ago. And yep. with it, their recipes. And so the recipes became extracted and they became uh, uh, cut through and, and they became cheaper and they became easily uh, mass produced in different facilities. And that is what happens when big beer fucks around with small beer. Mm-hmm. It, they never leave it alone. And, and I mean, you look at Constellation Brands, you spent literally fucking like Austin Powers villain type of money, one billion fucking dollars uh, on on a brewery, the Ballast Point, who they didn't even buy the spirits version of it, like a side of it. They 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 left that alone. They only bought the beer, and then what they were buying was Ballast Point, or not Ballast Point. They were buying a Sculpin, which is their West Coast IPA, which is fucking world class. And people were paying sixteen dollars, so fourteen quid a a, a six pack. And like happily doing it, me being one of them. There's pineapple sculpin, there was a grapefruit sculpin, there, I mean, it's great. Uh, and then, and there were some other shitty ones. Coffee sculpin was, was a horrible, horrible idea, but anyway, <laughs> worth a try. Um, but 
Ballast Point buys that and possibly as a secondary kind of tertiary, um, you know, uh, brand, their victory at Sea Stout, which was phenomenal. Uh, and then turns around and within a month had changed the changed the the, uh, the recipe on both of them so that they could produce them in all of their places that were also making Modelo and Corona and Pacifico and all these other beers. And so two years on, two and a half years on, they sell that same brewery to a small brewery in Chicago for $40 million. And I mean, let's not even do the math on how much they fucking lost there. But like they they lost it because they didn't leave well enough alone. Yeah. Keep the recipe the same. You own it. Know how to do it. Don't add extracts. Don't fucking change the hop profile. Don't fuck with it so that you can use any water pH and it still tastes the same. Just leave it the fuck alone. Uh, and it's the same thing with Newcastle. Newcastle used to be a good beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did. It used to be a respectable beer. Yep. Um, how many times? That, how many times know, does New Coke have to happen for people to figure it out? Uh, no, but they but they won't figure it out because no. the vast majority of people are not us. The vast majority of people they're they're turning more into us. But for the longest time, they are buying a brand. They're yep. they're buying a label. Yeah, uh, they don't fucking know the difference, and they they don't know that Revolver in Fort Worth when it was bought by Miller, uh, their Blood and Honey, which is a phenomenal fucking uh, uh, blood orange honey wheat. Uh, that was unfiltered, unpasteurized. It was sediment. It was gorgeous. Uh, then they fucking Miller buys it, and they have to be able to make it in every regional brewery in the country. Yeah. So they change everything to extracts. There's no more sediment. It's fucking clear as a bell now. It's a totally different beer, and nobody fucking knows yep. because they don't know how brewing works. They don't know what beer should taste like, and they think it tastes somewhat like it. So that means it's okay. And now they're still selling that beer because people don't know. It's um, the, uh, so. I'm just jumping in, Jim. Sorry, but yeah. it's the and sorry, Gav, to this, but it's no, the, no, it's the tenants' effect in Scotland. Like, I, yeah. I know, and I know this for a for a fact because I've been speaking to people in pubs and and things about. So, what do you drink? Oh, I drink lager. Oh, cool. What kind of lager do you drink? I drink tenants, and then you go right. Okay, what do you like about tenants? And they say, "Well, I don't really know. I just like tenants." Cold and wet. Cold, wet, it does the job. What do you like about tenants? I can buy six of them. Exactly. I was doing a a tasting uh, last week, and I says, okay, so you're drinking lager. I've got a brand new lager. I've got two two lagers. I've got a blonde lager, so I explained the blonde lager to them, and I have a a more traditional lager, which is very similar to tenants, um, like just to make it, clear to them yeah. as in like it's not f- like and there's no flavor like there's no flavor that's bad there's no flavor clean and crisp clean and crisp wheat the amount of people that say to me nah i'm all right i didn't really want to try it i just drink what i drink and you think okay and uh, james i totally agree with you as in like you know not everybody's us who you know, you the flip side of that is also talking about tenants. If you get you find a Drygate drinker who loves Drygate beer in Glasgow and you tell them that Drygate's owned by tenants, some of them won't fucking know. No chance. Like, well, they won't have fun clue. But be, a, be a pub owner. Be a pub owner. You know, exactly. be, be, you know be, some, be somebody that, 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 that is responsible for, for the taps and, and, and things. And think you know why? Why? Why would you change? Because yeah. oh, I drink. I drink. I drink, what, yeah. I drink what I drink. 
a drink the thing is, drink and, and, if, you can, and <laughs> if you can charge four quid, five quid for a pint of tenants and you're going yeah. to do five, six kegs a day, week, whatever you're like you what like of course you're not gonna change. I, I've been especially you know when the guy that pumps but especially when the guy that pumps in 80, 90 quid or a weekend isn't he gonna be yeah. there if you didn't serve it anymore, he'll go yeah. to the pump three doors down but and, I found and get what really he's looking for, pump the same money. Band, by the way. Yeah, he's yeah, they a are a guy. good band. Top guy. Yeah, the other, the other, the other good band. We, we, we've all been to see them in Scotland. Oh my <laughs> Back word! Back in the day. Dude, Back I think oh of my the word, day. guys. The, the flip side is, uh, of it as well. Like. <laughs> 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 yeah. I've been, I've been on that that side of the things of, of like helping running a bar and, and being the bar buyer for the bar. Like we used to only buy from the one brewery. And yeah. we, we, we could have went other ways, but the reason why we stuck with the same brewery is because we knew it was going to sell. Like we had, we had, um, like we had five, five lines. One was a guest line. The guest line, I could pick any fucking beer from the selection, but I knew it was going to sell because as soon as it arrives, the old guys come in and go, what's the guest one? And they just fucking pick it up anyway. It's going to it'll yeah. last me five days and it's fucking gone. Yeah. Five, five, five days is actually quite fucking long. Three days. Say that's yeah. But it's really interesting, and and like I know, like obviously James, I'm I'm in the same line. So like you, you I, I I work for three breweries, so I'm I'm trying to like take taps away from the macros. Yeah, and, you know it's it's hard enough when you have a local brewery, as in like you know I've got a brewery that's basically fits every part of Scotland, so I can say yeah. look, I've got a local beer from this part. You know, never mind fucking across the pond well that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know like you know the international appeal and american beer has such an appeal but there is quite a fine line in terms of the amount of bars that are willing to take a yeah a risk it for, is no you know for sure yeah. on one quality two it's about getting you know if, if, quality if, is an if issue. it does take off if it does take off you know making sure i can get the volume that I need, because obviously yeah. you've got a select amount that you can get at a specific amount of time. Yeah. It will it sell? Obviously, you're paying a premium because you are you're doing things correctly in terms of getting yeah. beer from Texas, cold stored and shipped all the way over, and yeah. even wherever you are within London and up towards, um, well, up the middle. Up, stuff, yeah. I was going to say up the middle of the, the country, I suppose, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Up yeah. the middle. Up the middle. Up the middle there. Well, yeah. you know, when up this civilization. When you're in Scotland, you know, <laughs> everything's south, so it's fine. Um, but it's a risk in, you know, in, in opening those lines up and people taking a chance. When it's just an do. education. But yeah. at, at the same time, you know, people that are running bars and things, there is. There's specific bars that are always going to be local heavy. They're going to be macro heavy, oh, for sure. yeah. And the world, but the yep, the yep. way that the beer market's going and it's changing is that people's palates are sort of evolving in terms of you know if it is lager, you know they are moving towards you know blonde lagers, pilsners, hells, whatever it is, you know because there's a bit more flavour and people are being a bit yeah. more educated in that. And it's only going to be more and more that are going to then open the door towards the likes of. James is going to bring in unbelievable Texas beer to the UK. And, you know, it's a testament to kind of the work that you're doing, mate, to be honest with you, because every, uh, every beer we've tried so far. No, no. Been, like been, we, 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 we know how, how hard of a job it is for you to get the beer, one, into the country, two, into a tap, 
and then it, into the hands of the people who are going to enjoy it. We, we, the four of us know that we've been doing this for four years. We've, we've spoke to so many breweries, and Mark knows firsthand because he's essentially doing the kind of like I said the same job. So we know how difficult it is. And um, hats off to you, mate, because you're fucking smashing it. Like wow. the, the beers are phenomenal. The beers, you, like, I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine that selecting the beers must be really hard work. Um, yeah. and such like so, ah, I so have, hard. I drink a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really well, yeah, hard. Like, like yeah. Like I mentioned, uh, Brew London, mate. If you ever ever need a supporting act, I'm more than happy to throw <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, mate. Uh, you said you you're working for three right now. Would you like five more? Because um, you know, we got we got you know. We got conversations on that one, so missed know. it. But the yeah, conversations right, to be had. Um, yeah, James, yeah. I'm very much. I'm looking at the, the clock and thinking I don't want to take too much of your time, especially with us recording, etc. Um, just a last kind of thought from yourself, um, from people who want to get the beer. Anything you want to just lastly mention before we like kind of we end the recording? Not that we're going to end talking because I. I I can see this conversation going a lot longer. This um, is going. We've got some like extended content tonight, so if you've listened to this, there's going to be more when it comes it, to. It, there's definitely going to be some Patreon stuff on this. Um, I'm right, just so, opening the white wine. So yeah, so he's going to be here till he's here till fucking. He's here till twelve o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, this will be gone in about five minutes. So <laughs> Texas session, guys. Come on, I'm from Texas. I know how to do it. Good man, um, good man. Yes. Any last yeah. thoughts from yourself, James, before we we wrap things up? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, I, I appreciate what you guys do um, a whole lot. Uh, I think that uh, what you guys do is super fucking important. You obviously give a fuck about uh, the quality of beer, the people that make the beer, the people that drink the beer, the people that serve the beer, the people that sell the beer. There's so many yeah. different cogs in the machine. And uh, it's uh, incredibly evident that you guys give a shit about uh, about all of all of those cogs individually and, and as a unit. And um, you understand probably more than. 99% of people uh, that drink beer or serve, serve it or sell it or whatever aspect they do, uh, because you, you've all done uh, quite, quite a bit of it. But um, either way, I, I appreciate you guys' time and, um, and you know, the, the invite to come on and, um, you know, just drink Texas beer with you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm excited to see uh, not just about Texas beer, but just about beer in general and yeah. in the UK really. Uh, moving towards a, a cold chain mindset um, and towards, um, you know, um, understanding uh, that ingredients matter and, and that um, and that brewers, brewers that are making things just as well as American brewers here um, uh, deserve the amount of respect that, that American brewers do. They just have different ingredients. They have, they have different, different abilities and, and, and different facilities, um, yep. and, you know, and, and, uh, so uh, we're all in this together. Um, you know, craft beer is, is a community. Ultimately, it's it's becoming more and more by the day, of, uh, you know, quote unquote business. It always has been, but it's yeah. becoming more of a of an industry. But uh, at the end of the day, if if Brewer A uh, asked Brewer B for a, a bag of grain because the pandemic made it difficult for them to get their supplies, they're, they're going to give it to them and they're not going to ask for it back because that's what craft beer is. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I uh, just really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, really, really appreciate um, all the kind of words that you said. 
Uh, and um, yeah, I'm excited to get more pints with you guys. Uh, we'll have to restart the recording, but also um, <laughs> in actual, you know, we'll, we'll all meet up at the hanging bat at some point soon. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I live on the South coast of England, so I'm not that far away. I can, I yeah. can, I can jump on the train and be in London in two hours. Um, but hanging Mate. back, you know, I mean, the hanging <laughs> yeah, get on the train. yeah well, imagine yeah, the train, the train, imagine the train beers coming up the road with James Gav. Mate, Oof. fucking <laughs> yes, it's almost worth getting the train down to London just to come back up again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, James, that's true. The, the most important question, and I can't believe no one's oh. asked this yet, but I suppose this is like this is why I'm involved. When are we doing, <laughs> when are we doing the away leg? So, when are you going to take us around all these uh, Texas breweries and we'll do uh, the beer fridge on the road? Uh, what are we? Uh, I mean, what are you guys doing for? Uh, you know, let me let me let me see where we are Christmas. in the dates. Uh, <laughs> like around October first, October second, something like that. Yeah, well, Let's I mean, do it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in Venice that day, but you ask a fucking feeling. question, I, I give you the fucking answer, and you don't like it. All right, oh, you've given me enough. three weeks' notice, but I'll take care. Uh, well, take... what did you what did you want? Like, well, that's, you that know. would be that's me... the best. Three months notice, I might be fine. But yeah, uh, okay, uh, three three months notice would be what? October, November, December. So like you're talking about like January, middle of January. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, right, let's, I'm, let's, I'm let's down. get the January blues. Blow the January blues away. Let's go to yeah, Texas. Gonna, no, no, I'm gonna blow it away. I'm gonna drink it away. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, because that, that's man? healthy on an emotional level. That's that my, is, that that's is my therapist very tells me. Very, very uh, I reckon, I reckon, Cal, um, your caravan might need to get ditched. That we are fucking air- airplane. We need. Yeah, for the for their wheel like the sale is now on. The beat the <laughs> I like this. I like this a lot. B- BFP Airlines is fucking ready to board. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which is basically have... Aer Lingus because yes. let's just let's <laughs> just fucking it's the cheapest one we can find. That's yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. If you could stand, if you could pay for a standing ticket, yeah, exactly. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that would be great, actually. I'd do a standing ticket for a seven-hour flight. I'd fucking heavy do that. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you go to hopthepond.co.uk. Go to the website, check out all the distributors, all the bars that have got the beer. Uh, and you can get the beer from there. If you haven't, also go to Instagram, Facebook, all the uh, social media pages. Make sure you like, follow, and share Hop the Pond while you're at it. Um, you can do so uh, also with the Beer Fridge podcast. All the links will be down below in the description. Um, as always, um, you can show your support for the podcast by giving us a five star rating. We much appreciate it. And you can head to our Patreon page to show your official support. Patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. You can access to exclusive content as I'm homebrew from the guys as well. Patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. James, Callum, MD, Scotty. Whoa, that was a fucking good, that was a good one. Podcast of the year. Uh, it's fucking up there. Definitely. It's fucking up there. It's up there. It's a hundred percent of it. It's my top one for sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what we like, dear. Bingo! That's like it. Um, as always, uh, ladies and gents, thank you for listening once again. Until next time, the Beer Fish Podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Cheers, bye. Yeah. Beer Fish Podcast.